Hello, Space Watchers. I am Jim Murphy, and this is a new episode of Space Cafe Radio, your radio channel dedicated to emerging trends and live conferences in the space industry. Our fantastic guest today is Cliff Beak, Chief Executive Officer at Space Chain. Space Chain is a company working on putting blockchain in space for more secure communications, transactions, and many other things. Today, we are talking with Cliff Beak about Space Chain as a company and getting any advice he may have for someone interested in starting a company in the space sector. Enjoy. Cliff, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad we could finally do this. How are you doing today? Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's an exciting time, busy time, but one that's extremely exciting. So thank you. Appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, well, we're not supposed to be this busy in August, but there we go. Well, Space Chain is a, for some background, I mean, I met Z Chang, a co-founder, about five years ago at a, a tech conference or in San Mateo, California. And we were both at this pitch conference and, and we became friendly and started talking about our visions for what space could look like with regard to putting a blockchain service in space. So we had this relationship that we've known each other for the last five years, and I've been extremely impressed with the amount of achievements that Space Chain has been able to achieve. And so that's where we started. And Space Chain is essentially, in my opinion, in my view, and I think they've demonstrated that they are the leader in a, a blockchain service in space. They're the only company who's been able to put the first decentralized blockchain platform in space that's operating today. And that was the vision of the co-founders, both Z and Chang and Jeff Garzik. So it's really exciting to be a part of that. So what, what the space chain platform does is it essentially pr- provides this enterprise service for organizations, companies to be able to have a ultra-secure space-grade infrastructure that protects digital assets. So it's pretty exciting. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, I mean, they demonstrated to the industry that, that they've been able to pull this off. So it, it's really exciting is the word that keeps coming into my mind. Yeah, that's really, that's super interesting. And I know that for myself for a long time, and I'm sure a lot of other people, the word blockchain can be a little intimidating. And is there any way you could explain a little bit what the blockchain is? Sure. Sure. Well, you know, um, for the most part, uh, blockchain is a is a um, database. It's a shared database that's distributed across a lot of multiple computers, and it prevents, or should I say, it actually strengthens the transaction security in a trustless environment. So, a blockchain is a shared compute environment where participants can see a transaction that occurs. And once that transaction has been completed, it can't be altered. So it's a, it, it provides a, you know, a really important function in the world of transactional information. And it's, and it's a, it, again, a highly secure environment for participants to see into this chain of transactions and that it, it can't be altered because if it's altered, then the, the transaction just basically is, you know, stopped. So what's the advantage of having the blockchain in space as opposed to a terrestrial system? Yeah, that's a question that comes up, and it's an important question. So 
in space, we're creating this, first of all, the security element is a physical separation from terrestrial assets. Terrestrial assets are subject to multiple vulnerabilities. You know, the public infrastructure is a combination of peering points and multiple networks that interconnect with each other. So at those peering points is where you have the vulnerabilities. You can have bad actors come in and spoof routing tables to get information as data is in motion. So the physical separation is one. The second thing is that satellite communications or satellite infrastructure is a fairly, you know, sort of centralized processor in space. You have a satellite and and the capability for compute processing is becoming more and more apparent and in demand in low Earth orbit satellites. So our, our goal is to try and get that processor to be distributed across a constellation, multiple constellation of the satellite industry so that we can create a, you know, a, a mesh network of communications. So again, it's to take a existing satellite at low earth orbit that has some processing capability and create this decentralized compute and communication network that's safe and secure, not only for instructions coming from the ground for to satellites in terms of their TT and C or their telemetry tracking and communication, as well as the communications that occur in orbit. When you have two nodes communicating with each other, how do you know you're communicating or taking instruction from friend or foe or friend or no in the security industry? Well, there you go. You stole one of my questions. I was going to ask what your goal as a company is, but you did it for me. So thank you. So you know, the the thing where the decentralization and also centralization of this information and protecting things is super important in today's day and age. But who is your main customer, would you say, or who are you trying to sell this product to? Yeah, well, I'm going to try to answer both your questions in terms of what is what is our goal, because it goes beyond where we are today. So that the immediate the immediate prioritization for space chain is to build the company up and increase its sort of industry awareness for what it's managed to do. I mean, they have been the first, I like to say we now, we have been the first company to be able to transact on a, on a node in orbit. And, and that would be, in, in one instance, is at the International Space Station. There are two servers that space chain has in orbit operating there on both the Ethereum and I believe a Bitcoin blockchain which is remarkable. I mean, I don't think anyone has been able to do that. And the second one has, or the third one that we have operating, and there's a few more, is the one that was recently announced with Spire Global for VLOS, which is a, a transactional node on, on the Spire Leo. So that, in you know, when you say, what are, you know, the company's goals? Well, I'd like to take that, we'd like to take that, the experience that we've been able to achieve and push it out to a much broader spectrum of satellite operators. So that's the first thing is to, to take the achievements that we have managed to accomplish and to the word and the phrase that Jeff and Z like to use is level up and go up market with this into a much broader customer base. The customers and who's using this is really, this is the cool part. I mean, this is the part that just the developers at Space Chain are just amazing in terms of their thinking. You know, there's you think of a blockchain transaction or you think of blockchain, you think of digital currency, but there are other use cases that are really important, particularly in space with Earth observation satellites. 
So one of those particular applications that we are looking at is, for example, when you think about carbon credit monitoring from, from low Earth orbit and from Earth observation, you can look at various countries in terms of the transactions that countries exchange these credit, these carbon credits with each other. You can actually monitor from space if in fact, you know, they're hearing a chainsaw ripping up in Brazil somewhere, or the contract that you were able to negotiate between countries is actually being fulfilled. So those are tokens that could be exchanged across a secure environment. But the way to do that is, you know, from a, mon a monitoring perspective in space, you can actually see and you can secure that exchange to make sure that the carbon credit that has been negotiated has actually been fulfilled and it's not altered because once it's on a blockchain, like as I mentioned before, the functionality is that you can't alter that. So that's an application. We have an, an application when you look at customers in the agricultural business as well, food, food supplies and, and food supply chains in terms of countries dealing, let's say in a grain contract, is making sure that you've entered into this contract with a particular country or company that you want to make sure that there's a fulfillment obligation actually occurring. In an earth observation view vantage point, you have a view um, spread of that you know, capability and you can actually see that information. And that inf information is then documented onto a blockchain in orbit where that is passed along to the trading partners. So there's multiple types of applications and platforms that we could go into with regard to industry segments I mean, obviously, the fintech and financial is seems to be the most prevalent when we think of blockchains. But there are other transactions that are just as important that have financial impacts on specific industries. So th th that would be again some of the ability for or the goals for us to achieve outside of just the fintech industry. If that makes sense, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I think in this day and age, we're calling new space or new space 2.0, new space 3.0, however you want to call it. The The phrase space as a service comes up a lot. And yeah. when I look into space chain and I'm hearing about what you guys are doing, space as a service seems to be your MO. Is that how you would describe space chains interaction with yeah, their customers right. and things? Yeah, you're right on. So I'm going to say this generously. Building satellites and launching satellites is an important part of the space economy and the space infrastructure. The value that space chain brings is not building the satellite, it's putting the application on that satellite. So take our relationship with Spire Global. We were able to take one of, one of their satellites and utilize the Sabre processor that they have that turns this into something that they, you know, a fintech wallet or a wallet with fintech capabilities. Now, space as a service is like, is exactly that. It's, it's almost like someone else has launched the payload with this processing capability. Well, we don't have to spend our CapEx on the satellite and on the processor. We're actually going to that satellite service provider and then up, uploading our software and so it's space as a service and rather than us putting in our own bending metal, getting a launch vehicle and launching satellites. So space as a service is like is what is what we we support. We it, it stimulates the, the, the industry because it requires more satellites to be launched. 
but we're not the ones today who are launching the satellites. We're actually going to the, the satellites and space that's already in service and we're upgrading and going up market with applications that will attach to it. So we call it, we look at it as unleashing adjacent value that's already in a satellite that is not being used today. Very similar to like a ride share, doing a ride share, whether it's on a terrestrial in a, in a transportation vehicle or, or in space, we're essentially take, taking the asset that's there and upgrading it and, and leveraging our, you know, sort of development work and platform to create added value to that asset. Yeah, it's the beauty of software, a little easier yeah. to upgrade when it's already doing sure. its thing. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So this podcast is all about taking a small business in space. What's the difference between a business and a space business? So what do you think is the most important part about running Space Chain as a business? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it's it's like everything. It's like, is it the question that you can segment, you know, having access to capital. I mean, you got to have that, but you also have to have the, the people. You have to have resources. Yeah. The, the best asset, it sounds like a cliche, but your best asset are your, your people. And the, in like where we are now as our developers are so strong they're, and they're brilliant. They come up with like, they can solve problems in the market and, and provide solutions where there's friction. So having the capital to support that and to give the sort of the resources required to grow that part of the business is really important. But then you have to manage and you need, a, you need the commercial mindset of, you know, engineers try to build things that don't fail. And in space, you cannot fail. You have to, you get one shot at it. You launch something, it's got to work. But, but like you said, in software, you just maybe keep uploading the, the fix that you can. But you need to have the ability to manage your resources. And so you bring in a you know, a commercial minded individual with some experience and you say, look, we're going to try now to turn this into a real business. So in the beginning, you have a lot of really brilliant developers and you gotta, you've got to like just embrace that, nurture it, grow it, and make sure that the products that they're developing and thinking about actually solve a problem or, and bring a solution and change the way the world is. But then you have to make sure that you are managing that in a responsible way because the capital that comes in is usually from investors or or from you know grants from agencies like European Space Agency or NASA and others and you have to have the responsibility to make sure that that you know that other capital is being deployed properly and managed properly so it, it takes a village it takes all components of a business and and sometimes the the visionaries aren't really business oriented they're just they're just out there pushing ideas. I mean, otherwise, who would ever thought about putting a blockchain in space? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's like, that's, that's up market, pun intended, you know? So, uh, yeah. So, so the, the challenges for a, a small entrepreneurial business, access to capital, access to like really, really bright people, and then having some managerial skill sets that can help pull it all together. Yeah. And you're talking about challenges and, you know, solving a problem or overcoming challenges and things. What would you say were the company's biggest challenges? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm somewhat new to to Space Chain, so yeah. I'm getting with the team. I, I don't see I, I see their challenges as being more like opportunities. So you can look at parts of it, a company and say, "Wow, that's going to be really difficult to overcome," or "That's a really big lift." 
but it's also an opportunity. So whatever challenges they've had, and I'm, I'm sure they've had, they have their battle scars. But for me, it's all opportunity. It's all upside. So I see this, this unlimited capability in the team. And as we begin to grow the company, to really, to really look at, we'll have other challenges. Well, there will be other challenges, I'm sure. And I'm anticipating some of them. But again, my philosophy and feeling is that a challenge is also an opportunity for growth. Yeah, for sure. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to start a business in the space industry and more specifically kind of the space finance sector? Sure, sure. Space is hard, as they say. It's a difficult environment and in, in industry. It's also capital intensive. I mean, it's like when we were kids, I don't know, this goes way, way before your time. I'm probably as old as your, your parents. We had these little launch kits called Estes rockets, where we had these little small rockets and we would launch them and they were kind of fun. And you got really excited about the possibility of launching rockets in your backyard or hopefully in a larger field. But it takes it takes a lot of capital to do that. And my suggestion, and I've seen a lot of very successful entrepreneurs in our industry. There's some people in you know this industry sector that are just have done extremely well. Most of them have worked for a larger company before they started on their own. They had a, you know a, a, some some training, they had some visionary they had a mentor, let's say, or just an opportunity to learn in a large company environment. And there's some companies that are more innovative than others. And let's face it, I mean, our industry, which is a you know SpaceX, for example, has been remarkable in terms of innovation and what they've managed to do. And this isn't a plug for them. This is a really a, going to the point of they've had some really good entrepreneurs come out of there. Who started their own companies. So it's almost like we, if you want to start a company in space, you better get your training at, a, at another company that really has some innovation going on. Um, and then you can learn from that and, and hopefully help that company also grow. And then you, you kind of take, if you're an entrepreneurial type of person, when you feel you've learned enough or you're at a point where you re- can responsibly transition, you can sort of step out of that role. But my advice is to go work for a company that you really are have aspirations and a big viewpoint and appreciation for what they've managed to achieve and get some some training, some grounding. So that would be that would be the probably the the best advice I could give. It sounds like good advice to me. It's I'm pretty sure everybody wants to work for SpaceX or a very innovative company. And then soon I think people are going to be saying this about Space Chain. I hope so. Yeah, we, you know, I, I hope so. I've been in the industry for 25 plus years, and I've watched the industry from the space side. Was used to be a very conservative. I mean, like you know, you, everyone got their training at one or two large government contractors who were in Orange County, California, and some of them here in, in the Washington D.C. area, Northern Virginia. And you know, what, what we're looking to do is is try to to take the the experience that we are are building on. And again, I don't look at Space Chain, although it's called Space Chain. We're more of a solutions-oriented company because, yes, there may be a time where we're going to co-invest in our own space assets. But today, I don't feel we need to do that. But we still need to have the engineering capability for aerospace engineers 
software development, understand space hardened software soft and, and computing. Like, are you in low Earth orbit? What's the atmosphere like for you to be space hardened and to operate properly? So, I mean, it takes you, you need to have these these definite disciplines coming out of a an engineering type of program. So really important. But again, going back to like what our dream is, our dream is to build our company as a solutions-oriented company that provides innovative services for distributed communications network in a safe environment and space, and to be able to scale the company with the growth of the of, of the space economy. And it, it, today, it doesn't seem like there's any anything holding it back for, for us or for other companies as well. It's really exciting times. You know, solution-based company, I like to say I got 99 problems and space is definitely one of them. Space is hard, like you said, and we need problems to be solved and we need smart people to do it. So, uh, you know, all this is super important. And along those lines, you talked about how Space Chain is kind of unique in the way that they're really the only ones doing blockchain in space. Is there anyone at all who is also tackling this idea? Would you welcome any kind of competition in the same sector or do you think it would be disruptive or good or both? I think to help the industry grow, you need to have multiple participants, whether it's competition or a friendly complement to each other. That's fine. There are groups who have talked about trying to do a put servers in space and, and they, and there are groups out there that I, that are developing processing capabilities that we could leverage and use as far as I know, Space Chain has been the only one today that's been able to demonstrate and transact on a blockchain um, in space. We welcome open arm other participants because that helps the market to grow. In the beginning of this, any industry, when you're pioneering, you know, the pioneers do okay, but you know, as other entrants come in, that the, it starts to grow, then more capital comes into the market. I mean, you can think about the satellite industry itself. And once there was more participants coming in, we learned to be able to become more innovative and to be competitive. And competition keeps you moving along. And, you know, to have a duopoly or a monopoly is, is great in terms of economics, if you're going back to econ one or something or macroeconomics. But in our industry, competition helps grow the industry. So we, you know, our arms are open, we're welcome to it. And we also look for ways to support other groups that come in because we're creating a, a, what I would, again, categorize as a decentralized satellite infrastructure. We want an open source. We want to be able to create more connectivity with other satellite operators, other software developers to be able to grow the market in the industry. And the final thing I would say about the competition with regard to growing the industry, our total mission with regard to making space accessible and putting not just commerce, but growing the our awareness of space and bringing communication networks to space, it also helps us to, to have a vantage point to look back on the earth and how do we make the earth a better place from a viewshed of space I and mean, environmental, having access, eyes on situation in the world, being able to, to have, I guess, access to information would be really important for us. Us, the Earth observation capability, transactional information without having to go through um, a lot of the peering points that I mentioned before with vulnerabilities, but also in the event of a catastrophic event or geopolitical conflict, having access to space, hopefully it'll well, hopefully we'll be able to also provide a communications network 
that is not that that's not in, in, impaired by ground infrastructure, but it also offers take a, a catastrophic event where there's flooding going on, typhoons, it, services are down, internet services are down, banking systems are down, GPS is down. You know, building up our space economy and our space capabilities helps that life on Earth is also has a backup plan for communication networks. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, I think the interesting thing is too, you know, you talk about decentralization and taking it away from ter- terrestrial, but also in the space sector, in the space industry, the, the largest players by far are government agencies and things. And I always found it funny that, you know, technologies like Bitcoin and Ethereum are inherently decentralized away from governments and things. And I was wondering what you think the role of government agencies should play in the development of space businesses. Yeah, I think that they have a role to play, but it would be great to leave politics out of it. I mean, government sponsorship to help move the technology and help entrepreneurial companies grow and and bring down the total cost of access to space and space communications is wonderful. It's when the politics, the geopolitical conflicts come in, in that role, I'm really less government, better. I mean, business seems like business-minded people can usually get along and solve problems because they have a, an alignment. Government agencies, like what we love the fact that groups like NASA, ESA, and other space agencies are building out their space programs. And, and those to me are genuine um, opportunities to help grow that industry inside that particular country. And also to, to provide like jobs and, and career paths and, and, and things for younger engineers, you know, just a way to get them involved in the economy. And, that, and that's wonderful. The regulatory environments of space is the concern. And like, you know, we want to keep any bad actors out of space. I mean, the assets up there are critical for GPS, for, you know, monitoring our, our planet. And if we can just keep Government sponsorship, wonderful. Just keep the politics out of it. Definitely. I think I'm on the same page. Yeah. No, it's it's super interesting. So I guess my last question would be, how do you feel the company will change as the space industry continues to evolve? Or another way to put it, I guess, is where do you see the company going in five to 10 years? Yeah, five-year plans are good. Ten-year plans are a little more difficult. That's probably for the younger guys. But five-year plan, I'd like to see the company change the way in which communication, secure communications and transactions occur in space. We look at, which is, this would be so cool, Jim, if like, for example, we there's, there are companies out there that are doing lunar surface launches, repair missions in space refueling in space to hold out assets. And there's going to be a, a requirement for payment, communications, this whole like sort of system of support in space. So I'd love to see space chain be a part of that early infrastructure of creating the the roads and bridges, if you will, of the space economy to help communications do not have to bounce back down to Earth there's some latency, but that's not the only issue. It's just, again, the, the, the security of communications going back down to earth and coming back up. And, and that's where we're, we're, we'll, we will be there within the five-year period as the industry evolves. We, we will be a part of that. In 10 years from now, there'll be somebody much younger than me, possibly you, 
driving this this next generation of gin making. Well, I wish it was me, but I'm not so sure. Well, Cliff, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you here. Any closing remarks, any words of wisdom, words of inspiration for those those young entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, just like, you know, anything you can think of can be a reality and just keep pushing for, you know, for the stars, as they say. It sounds silly, but it takes dedication and hard work. And, and I think space is, the, is, is a, a wonderful aspiration in terms of a career. And I would just encourage anyone in, in looking to get into the industry to start working with a company that they admire and, and have respect for in terms of the products they, they turn out and find the alignment that makes sense for them and just, just go for it. Fantastic. Talk about words of inspiration. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate your, you know, taking the time to talk to us and uh, let's keep in touch as we can, you know, hopefully demonstrate, you know, our, our growth at Space Chain. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been great. If you want to keep an eye on the space industry, visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Jim Murphy from Space Watch Global, your independent perspective on space. Space